Uh, my dad actually played football at Alabama, so we've always kind of not uh, liked the Vols around our house. So we, you know, kind of grew up with that hatred for the Vols. But, uh, you know, it's kind of carried on to here. But uh, just excited to go out and play somebody that, uh, you know, haven't, haven't loved over the years. As you can tell, Langston Patterson, sophomore linebacker for Vanderbilt, does not care much for the Tennessee Volunteers, and that's who the Commodores face Saturday, 2.30 kickoff between Tennessee and Vanderbilt. It's rivalry week. Hope all of you had a great Thanksgiving holiday with a lot of time spent with family watching football. We got more football coming up this weekend around the country, but we're focusing in on this in-state rivalry, Tennessee and Vanderbilt. This is the Vandy Sports Podcast on the 440 Sports Network, and I'm your host, Billy Derrick. This week's pregame show is brought to you by new sponsor, partner, Anchor Impact, The Wash House, The Murfreesboro Pure Mill Company, Sutherland and Belk, and the Maynard Nexon Government Contracts Group. Topics on today's show and this season's baseball content are presented by The Murfreesboro Pure Milk Company, a family-owned third-generation milk and ice cream distribution company located in Murfreesboro. A partnership began over 50 years ago with Purity Dairy in Nashville to provide purity milk and ice cream to consumers in Middle Tennessee, and they now serve Southern Kentucky, Northern Alabama, Chattanooga, and North Georgia. Today, they supply grocery stores, convenience stores, and others with Purity products, as well as Mayfield, Nestle, and Haagen-Dazs ice cream. For more info, visit their website at mpmci.com and tell them Vandy Sports sent you. Saturday, Vanderbilt at Tennessee in Knoxville. The Vols are big, 27.5-point favorites coming up later in this pregame show, I'll be joined by Adam Sparks. He covers Tennessee for the Knoxville News Sentinel. Formerly covered Vanderbilt for the Tennessean from 2014 to 2019. So he's very familiar with the landscape at Vanderbilt, what it's like to, to cover Vanderbilt, of course. And we even got into a little bit of uh, Derek Mason, some memories uh, about Coach Mason. He will be on the call with Dave Neal on Saturday in Knoxville on the SEC Network. So that'll be It'll be fun to uh, to get to hear Coach Mason's voice. I mean, I don't I don't think there's anybody better to call that game uh, than than Coach Mason. So looking forward to that. We'll check in with Adam Sparks. Shorter pregame show this week due to the Thanksgiving holiday. And again, I hope all of you had a uh, very fun and safe holiday. But we're looking forward to more football this weekend. All right, let's get to the news and breakdown of this matchup. And that is brought to you by the Wash House. They are our presenting sponsor for basketball season. Are you dreading laundry day? Is it stealing time to do the things that you truly enjoy? The laundry professionals at the Wash House can take care of that for you. They've got two great locations in Nashville. Just drop off your dirty laundry and their professional attendants can give you back the one thing you can never have enough of. That is your time. Within 24 hours, you can pick up your nicely folded, fresh and clean laundry ready to be put away. Log on to their website. That's washhouseclean.com. Again, that's washhouseclean.com or stop in today and get your time back. All right, the Commodores and the Vols are meeting for the 118th time, dating all the way back to 1892. Vols lead the series 6-5 to five in the last 11 meetings, dating back to 2012, so it's been fairly even in the last decade or so. Of course, Tennessee has a chance to increase that, uh, that, that margin and that record, uh, but for Vanderbilt and, and, and head coach Clark Lee, you can... You can tell your team, hey, look, we, you know, we we've been with this team here in the last 10, 11 years or so, uh, six and five record for Tennessee. We'll see if Tennessee can extend that to seven and five in the last 12 meetings on Saturday. 
Tennessee's coming off a blowout loss at the hands of Georgia at home last week, 38 to 10. And the week before that, they lost at Missouri 38 to 7. So Tennessee will be ready to go. Again, similar situation to last year. They were coming off that upset loss in Columbia to South Carolina, and they roll into Nashville and beat Vanderbilt 56 to nothing. So we'll see how motivated Tennessee is this week. They are beat up. They've got a couple of offensive linemen out, got a couple of linebackers out. I mean, they've got receivers out. This is a banged-up Tennessee team, so I'll be interested to see how does that affect Tennessee on Saturday, or does it not matter? The Commodores can can try to make it matter on Saturday and 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 uh, play with fight, play with effort, play with focus. And Clark Lee talked about that focus on Saturday waning. He was disgusted uh, with the uh, with the performance, especially in that second half against South Carolina. Commodores lost forty seven to six a couple of weeks ago. They're coming off a bye week, so we'll see what kind of maybe new systems, new scheme, new idea, new creativity Vanderbilt put in. To their playbook, one final chance to to knock off your your in-state rival. I'm sure there'll be a ton of changes within this program the, the week after this game, and we'll see what happens. But I think Vanderbilt's only chance in this game is to create takeaways and score points off of those takeaways. Vanderbilt's defense has forced a turnover in all 11 games this season, which is pretty incredible. They've forced 12 interceptions on the season. That's tied for first in the SEC and 14th in the FBS. Well, if the Commodores could get a couple of interceptions on Joe Milton on Saturday, they they will be in good shape because they 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 need a, a they need a bad day from Joe Milton. That, that's what they need. Speaking of quarterback for Tennessee, Joe Milton, who will we see at quarterback for Vanderbilt? Ken Seals has started the last six games, while AJ Swan hasn't played since the Kentucky game, where he threw a couple of pick sixes that derailed the Commodores. We've seen a little bit, of course, from Walter Taylor, but overall, the the quarterback position this year has been in flux all season long. Clark Lee said they'll let the week play out and determine which guy gives them the best chance to move the football. Obviously, it's you know I think offensively in general we're we're trying to find we're fighting to find that formula and have not we've not been pleased about how we played on that side of the ball. You know I think the quarterback at times bears too much of that burden in terms of just the criticism leveled at that position. And yet, you know, that, that guy's responsible for getting 10 guys on the same page and, and delivering the ball where it needs to be. So, um, you know, I'd like to see us design for success. I'd like to see us find ways to make life easier for him and, and to, um, and to be creative through that. But, um, as far as who that'll be, you know, we're going to, we're going to let the week play out and, and, um, you know, determine who gives us the best chance to move the ball. And, and so much of that, Robbie, for us is about, you know, how we shorten the game, how we can extend drives. You know, um, you know when, you're not, when you're not able to maintain possession, you put a lot of pressure on um, the defense and special teams. And, um, you know, we know we have to be better. So we're going to do everything we can to be better this week. We'll see. Is it A.J. Swan? Is it Ken Seals? We'll get our answer Saturday at 2.30. On the other side, for Tennessee, Joe Milton will most certainly get the start on Senior Day. He's he's been inconsistent this year. He's had a, he's had some some good performances. Thought the Kentucky game was really impressive uh, from Joe Milton, South Carolina at home as well. But the last couple of weeks, Tennessee's offense just hasn't really done much of anything. So I, I think that'll be something to watch uh, if if Joe Milton is able to 
to to build a big lead on Vanderbilt in the first half. Do we see Nico Iamaliava at all? So uh, we will see. I asked that question, exact question, to Adam Sparks, and you will hear that uh, coming right up. But again, Tennessee and Vanderbilt, where's the pride for the Commodores? Is there any motivation left in this program? You're 2-9. and nine, You're traveling up to Knoxville against your in-state rival. This team should should love nothing more than than to beat Tennessee while they're down. I mean, Tennessee is is they're they're battered and bruised. Everybody is this time of year, but for Tennessee right now, you got injuries all over the place. Feels like they're susceptible, but will Vanderbilt come up with enough? Whether it's trick plays, whether it's turnovers, points off turnovers. There's a lot of intangibles and and. Uh, marginal things Vanderbilt has to win at, just like it's been all season, if if they want to have a chance in this game. It's a big line in this game, 27 and a half. I'm sure there'll be a lot of people picking Tennessee to cover that. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see the motivation. I mean, can last game of the season for Vanderbilt. No bowl game, of course. We know that. How do they look? We'll see. Saturday, 2.30, Tennessee and Vanderbilt. You can watch it on the SEC Network out there in Knoxville. Before we get to the interview with Adam Sparks previewing this matchup and, and giving us an inside look at the Vols, our guest line is brought to you by John Leffen and the Maynard Nexon Government Contracts Group. Maynard Nexon advises government contractors on all aspects of their businesses with a proud focus on matching legal solutions to business needs. Give them a call, 256-551-0171. Again, that's 256-551-0171. Also, we are... Sponsored by Sutherland and Belk, a family-owned injury law firm. If you or a loved one has been hurt or in an accident, give Taylor or Russell a call, 615-846, to see what your rights are and if they can help. Also, support Anchor Impact. Log on to anchorimpact.com slash register. Again, that's anchorimpact.com slash register. We'll have more information throughout uh, the, the the next several episodes about how you can support and, and where to go and, and uh, what to do. But anchorimpact.com slash register. All right. Closing out this week's pregame show, let's jump on over to our interview with Adam Sparks from the Knoxville News Sentinel. Now happy to be joined by Adam Sparks from the Knoxville News Sentinel. Of course, you uh, you Vanderbilt people know him well from, from covering Vanderbilt. I think it was from 2014 to 2019, so, or 2020, I think. So Adam, uh, of course, has covered his fair share of Vanderbilt games, and now he's up there in Knoxville covering Tennessee and uh, I feel like we we try to get you on every 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 time Vanderbilt Tennessee get together Adam I want to start with and it's, it's kind of a weird angle but you have covered Vanderbilt and you covered them for a while and, and I kind of you know I think entrenched yourself with with a lot of the fans and and uh, just your cut your great coverage um you haven't covered them this year um <laughs> you know two and nine probably looking like a two and ten season from your experience what, what is it obviously it's probably a pretty easy answer here what's it like to cover them but in terms of dealing with a season like this uh, from a coaching staff perspective you, know, you dealt with coach mason a lot um during that time what is it like i mean in 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 for vanderbilt right now i mean what what are they dealing with as a staff and and then i guess for someone that has covered them what what is kind of this whole experience like and and finding hope because it's it's hard to right now if, you know if if you're a Vanderbilt person yeah i think covering vandy always had a similar um it had a similar tone as maybe being a fan of vandy because uh covering vandy football 
you could sort of transition to basketball once once it got late in the year. If it was a bad year, and when I covered Derek, uh, Derek Mason, and the last one I covered, it was, they were 0-9. It was COVID year. Everything was awful. Um, but there was a 3-9 and nine in there, I think, a 4-8 and eight maybe. Um, so there was um, – there were bad years, but once you get to like October, November, you could start talking about uh, you could start talking about basketball. In mm-hmm. October, you could start talking about uh, Tim Corbin's fall ball. You know, you could talk talk about baseball, and so I, I felt like Vandy fans always sort of did the same thing. Um, football's bad. Let's move on. Um, like I cover Tennessee football now year round, and obviously Tennessee football is a different animal on its own. Um, but I don't transition into something else. It is football all the time. So if things right. are bad, they're really, really bad. I felt like Vandy football was always insulated in that way. Um, and from a, from afar somewhat, I look at Vandy football now and say they're not really good at a thing. I always thought that was that was probably um, the challenge more than anything with Vandy and whenever they would change coaches or change philosophies. It's a little bit like a uh, Vanderbilt's a little bit like a service academy. Like, you know, you don't want to play service academies, Navy, Army, whoever, when they have triple option team. Georgia Tech used to have the same thing years ago. I'm not saying Vandy should go triple mm-hmm. option. I, I went around and around with that when I was a Vandy beat writer with with, uh, yeah. with fans. But like, you got to be good at a thing. And so Vanderbilt, I look at and say, what is it that would concern an opponent? And I don't really know what that is. You would think it would have been defense under Clark Lee. It hasn't been. Um, Quarterback play was better than it was not as good. Um, When Derek Mason was there, you know, in 2016, he beat Kirby Smart because he had a really, really good defense. Mm -hmm. Derek did. Um, Almost beat Auburn. Yeah, almost beat Auburn. Uh, Zach Cunningham was there. Uh, Warren Burks was there after that. When they were beating Tennessee those years, you know, Kyle Shermer was a Kyle Shermer would have started on. Uh, he would have been a really really good player on just about any SEC team that year. Um, and so you know you had a thing. Um, right now, I don't. I think Vandy's just like mediocre to not good at everything. And you've got to have a spike somewhere on your roster. And I just don't think they. They have that, and I think when you have that one thing, especially at Vanderbilt, you can hang your hat on that. You can say, mm-hmm. hey, we're we're good at defense. If we could only shore up the offensive side or something, or, hey, we got the quarterback, if we can just find some wide receivers. And I just don't know that Clark Lee has found that thing yet for fans to hang their hat on. You mentioned Coach Mason, and, and I think y'all two have an interesting relationship. A lot, I think a lot of people do. Coach Mason is a you know personable guy, and – and I think I think there's still a level of respect from from venerable people towards him. Uh, of course, it didn't end well, uh, but you know he was able to land a job at Auburn, and then I think he went to Oklahoma State, and now he's he's calling games on the SEC Network, and I think he's done a good job. I think w- with uh, with Dave Neal, and he'll be on the call Saturday. And I think the SEC knew right away that that they're going to send Coach Mason over there to Knoxville, and it's interesting because I think out of anybody, you're probably closer or closest uh, to him and, and and built a relationship and I think I saw you posted on Twitter a few weeks ago a picture with him and because he, he was covering the Tennessee game so what has been your relationship with coach Mason and and uh I guess you got to get a chuckle uh, out of the fact that you know they they, they sent him over to their there to Knoxville and he, I mean w- what better guy to do that I mean he, he beat Tennessee three times and and is well familiar with 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 Tennessee and this Vanderbilt rivalry 
but but just kind of describe your, your relationship with him and 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 how that it, that has grown over the years. Yeah, you know, Tennessee fans have this thing about the uh, they really are irritated by certain broadcasters like Gary Danielson with CBS. And I, <laughs> I'll be curious to see how they react if Derek is asked quite a bit during the broadcast about beating Tennessee. I don't think that'll go over that well. He's done, uh, I think this is maybe his third Tennessee game this year. I've talked to him a little bit in the press box. Um, yeah, the time that I had the photo with him a few weeks ago, I spent quite a quite a long time in, in the up in the booth with him talking, really just talking ball and what he sees out of different players and different teams. And we were talking about the what broadcasting is like for him. Um, you know, he still lives in Nashville, um, loves living in Nashville. You know, I, I don't think he would mind me saying that, like one of the things we talked about was that his his mood leaving games now is different than it was then because when you're an SEC coach, you live and die on whatever that result is that Saturday. And if you're winning, you're at the top of the mountain. And if you're losing, it's it's the deepest valley. And he said, you know, when I leave games now, it's just, uh, you know, you just clock out of work and you go home. And I said, yeah, Derek. I said, remember back when I covered you, and it didn't look like there was a lot of emotion, like really happy or really sad because it's just a job. And I didn't win or lose today as long as I did my job in the media. And he said, yeah, I get that now. I, I, I get it. I get it. And I think there's a, there's a part of him that enjoys not having to have a win or loss hung around his work day. Um, and so I think that's been good for him. He's been in demand. Uh, I mean, people have called him to be, especially their mm -hmm. defensive coordinator. He's had opportunities in the NFL. He's had opportunities in, uh, in college football and power fives, I think, in the SEC. Um, a lot of people would love to have him as a D coordinator, um, but he's just he, he's enjoying his time right now with uh, with ESPN and the SEC network. And I can tell he's getting better at it. Um, he always had sort of a cadence about him, you know, when he coached Vandy, yeah. of how he would talk and have one-liners and all that. And he's starting to pick up on that uh, the, the cadence of a broadcaster. Um, over the years, I've called him, talked to him on the phone a few times. Um, I would text him, uh, text more than anything. If you've ever got a text from Derek Mason, uh, you know there's gonna it's going to be loaded with emojis. <laughs> so I like texting using a lot of emojis. He also does. Um, when he used to text when he was the Vandy coach, it would be an anchor and then a, and then a bicep, uh, anchor strong. <laughs> So, I can't remember what his ones are now, but uh, yes, I, I've, I've stayed in touch with him uh, over the years. Uh, when I covered him, there were a number of stories that I wrote that were did not put him in a good light uh, as a coach. Um, but he and I had talked about over the years that, you know, this is my job and this is just part of it. And it's nothing personal and have no vendetta against you. But when you lose games or when you make bad decisions, I have to write about that. And, uh, uh, you know, he he always was fine with it. Um, the, one of the first stories I ever did on Derek was when, uh, during the Vandy rape trial and there were recruits coming into town during that commitments. And I had the terrible job of having to reach out to commitments and mm. ask them how they felt about going on the campus and doing this visit while all this was in the media. Kyle Shermer was one of those, if I remember right. Wow. And, and Shermer answered the phone and said, no, nope, it's fine. It's, this is has nothing to do with this coach or this team. And uh, I'll be, uh, I'll be in Nashville, uh, you know, and I'll sign with Vandy and 
Uh, Derek did not like that. That was one of my first assignments as being a beat writer. And, uh, but he got over that and I got over it and, uh, and it went fine. He, he's an easy guy, guy to, uh, to lock. That's for sure. Oh, no doubt. Just one of the great guys in, in the business. He'll be on the call there with Dave Neal. 2.30 kickoff there on, on SEC Network. And speaking of that game, we won't get into you know much of this matchup, at least in the weeds. Uh, obviously, Tennessee favored by 25 and a half, I think, last time I saw. Look at last year, Adam. When we talked you know, the, the week of, this, of, of the game last year, and – I think there was a sentiment, a small sentiment on the Vanderbilt side that, you know, they had won two straight SEC games and had some momentum going into that game. But for Tennessee, I think there was a level of confidence heading into that, uh, at least within the building and, and people that cover the program. Remember, you you were pretty confident Tennessee would, would get back on track and beat Vanderbilt. It was 56 nothing. I think that surprised some people, probably not, you know, a lot of the, the, the Tennessee people. But this year, do you think there's that same potential? Of course, Tennessee – Different offense, different quarterback, different play caller, different receivers. They're banged up. Uh, they've lost a couple of uh, of, uh, of games against really good teams. So they are beat up. But do you think there's that same potential for this to to really get out of hand? Um, No, I don't. I mean, it wouldn't shock me because there is still um, – if this offense can get going, it's still the same offense. It's different pieces, though. Um, you know, the – the way that if Tennessee were to win, have like a 40, 50 point blowout win in this one, it would be because of the running game, probably not as much the pass. Mm -hmm. uh, Tennessee can really run the ball against uh, average to bad opponents. If you're a good team, Tennessee does not run the ball that well on you. But if you're average to below average, they can hang 300 rushing yards on you. Um, now they've got some injuries, both tackles were out last week. One of the backup tackles, I think, is going to be out for this one. So there could be anywhere from one to three tackles out of this game. Mm. Uh, their starting guard is out for this game. So the offensive line is really, really beat up. But they'll still be able to run the ball uh, to a reasonable degree. Like, I I mean, Tennessee is limited in what they can do compared to everything that they did last year. There's no question about that. Um, you know, um, I guess more of the question is, is Vandy going to be more like uh, like UConn, which Tennessee hung 59 on, or is Vandy going to be more like uh, Kentucky that they put 33 on? I think, I think probably in between the two. Like I, I, I think of the paper here, I think I picked the game like 38-21 or 38-17 or something like that. I think that's probably something where it's going to be. Um, this team is not – I I can't say this team is completely down. That's more of an individual basis. But um, the momentum from this from this season, if, if whatever Tennessee had at one time, has really evaporated. They got blown out by Missouri. They got blown out by Georgia. And I can tell you this week, everything that I've been asked by fans and everything I'm writing is all about 2024. This is – nobody's even paying attention to this game. I'm sure the players are, although we'll know that by the result. Um but everything is about the transfer portal, which seniors are coming back with a COVID year. Um, can they hang on to the recruits? When are we going to see Nico, the, the freshman five-star quarterback? Everything is about next season. Nothing is about this season from a fan and media perspective. So we'll see if that has an effect on the game. I, I think it'll be a pretty competitive game, but I, I think Tennessee will win it. Uh, Tennessee will win. I think uh, Vandy covers. I think that's the way I put it. Well, and most people that that tune into this matchup, Adam, are probably looking for Nico, right? They might 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 check late first half if Nico's in there. 
know, they might stay there. If he's not, well, we'll, we'll wait till Nico goes in. I think that that is kind of the perception. How much of Nico do you think we see? I think it's official that that they redshirted him. Um, and, and we didn't really know that until I don't know if Heupel said it, but or if it got out. But uh, I think there were some people frustrated that you know it just now got out. I think within the last week or so. But how much of Nico do we see? And you think it's you think it's a second half type thing? Do you think it's a okay? This game was out of hand. We'll throw Nico in. What, what do you think there on on Nico? Yeah, I think the red shirt. Uh, it wasn't as much I think a clear cut decision as it was just sort of the math of the situation. You can yeah. play four regular season games or fewer. He had played three, and they just kind of made the decision in November. Let's play him one more, not two more, and burn that red shirt for mm-hmm. you know basically to throw three passes at the end of the Georgia game or whatever <laughs> it would be. So uh, the Vandy game will be his fourth game. Bowl games don't count from what we're told. That's still the rule, apparently. Um, So he can play as much as they want him to play in the Vandy game. This is senior day, though, and Joe Milton, the starter, is a sixth-year senior that hung around Tennessee for another chance to start. There's a lot of loyalty um, shown to him by the coaches and his teammates. Um, He'll start. Um, I have no doubt about that because it's senior day, and they're going to stick with him. Um, I would suspect Nico – I mean, if the game is within like three touchdowns, I don't think we see Nico until fourth quarter. If the game is an outright blowout, then maybe you see Nico in the in the third quarter. I don't think we see him in the first half. Um, I mean, if Tennessee was up 35 nothing in the second quarter, which I don't think that's going to happen, but if they were, I don't think Nico would be out there then. I think they would wait to the second half. Um and, and start him in the second half. That's that's the most. They have not done the let's see Nico early thing all year. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's going to change that much in this one. So um, anybody expecting him to, to see him early, I would wait till the second half. But again, if this game is competitive, um, Josh Apple wants to be eight and four. And if that means playing Nico two drives in the fourth quarter as opposed to four drives, uh, then he's going to keep Joe Milton in as long as he thinks that gives him the best chance to win. We'll see. 2.30, Vandy and Tennessee on the SEC Network. Adam, looking forward to it. Enjoy Thanksgiving with uh, with you and your family. I, I, luckily, you're not covering the Egg Bowl. And uh, so so you you don't you have Thanksgiving off. So uh, good on you for that. But uh, thanks for taking the time and, and enjoy the weekend. Yep, good to be on. That'll do it for the final football pregame show of the season. Big thanks to Adam Sparks from the Knoxville News Sentinel for uh, checking in. I always love talking to him. Great insight on, on Coach Mason there, and especially on Tennessee uh, this season. It'll be really interesting to see how does a quarterback situation play out for both teams on Saturday. Who starts for Vanderbilt? Is it Ken Seals? Is it A.J. Swan? How much of Walter Taylor do we see? And for Tennessee... Obviously, we know Joe Milton's going to start, but how much of Nico Iamaliava will we see on Saturday? That'll be something to watch. This podcast has always been free, and we plan for it to always be free. So here's how you can help keep it that way. Number one, give the podcast a review and a five-star rating. That helps us get noticed. If you're listening and haven't subscribed to VandySports.com yet, please do. It's $99 a year and only $9.99 per month. $9.99 per month to get the best coverage on Vanderbilt Athletics you will ever get. Also, subscribe to our Vandy Sports YouTube channel. That is free. We've got our latest Tuesday uh, morning podcast with Joey Dwyer up. Uh, we will have a lot of content, not as much because of the holiday weekend, but, of course, rolling into uh, basketball season and then into baseball season, uh, we will have our YouTube channel loaded uh, with content. And finally, if you're interested in sponsoring the show, 
email Chris Lee at chrislee70 at gmail.com. Again, that's chrislee70 at gmail.com. Again, I hope all of you had a great Thanksgiving filled with family and football. Enjoy the rest of your holiday weekend. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you again soon with more episodes of the Vandy Sports Podcast.